Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Ashton Gustafson with Bishop Realtor Group in Wichita Falls, Texas. Last year, he closed 320 transactions with a total sales volume of $60 million. His average sales price was $187,000, of which 60% were buyers and 40% were sellers. Ashton has a seven-member team, three buyer agents, two admins, one executive office manager, and one team leader. He's been an agent for 12 years and works the Wichita Falls and Waco, Texas markets. In this call, Ashton talks about selling zero homes his first six months, having a strategic epiphany and dramatically changing his approach, then selling 55 homes his first full year, burning out after personally selling over 100 homes as a solo agent without an assistant, hiring a team to regain life balance, what he's doing to get 70 to 80% of his business by repeat and referral, the power of being a friend versus being a real estate agent, his daily game of 60 points of rhythm for long-term success, giving people relevant, specific, and timely information, personally selling over 75 homes last year, why 80% of the people can only remember one agent's name, the power of a top 100 list and who should be on it, and more. First, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Ashton. Mike, thanks so much for having me. Hey, Ashton, it's great to have you here. Ashton, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Well, you know, uh, I guess I was just a kid and graduated from Baylor University in 2005. My grandparents had been in this industry for 20 plus years. Actually, my great-grandfather was president of the Board of Realtors in Wichita Falls, Texas in the 60s. So in a way, I didn't know it, but I guess I was fourth-generation real estate agent, or I had that capacity to be that. In May of 2005, I graduated from Baylor. My grandfather said, well, what are you going to do now? And I didn't really have any plans. I had a degree in marketing, and I was just kind of sifting through what was next for me. And long story, he said, why don't you come to the office? You can run some errands for us while you figure out the answer to that question. And uh, in about three to six months, I found myself with a license, and I found myself attempting to navigate this business at 22 years old, learned a lot of hard lessons, but really got committed about six months in. And from that point on, February of 2006 to where we are here today, uh, it's kind of been a, a beautiful ride. I've had a chance to grow our company and our brand in this local market. I've had the chance to uh, grow another office in Waco, Texas. Subsequently, I now speak across the country 
about 20 times a year to associations, brokerages, MLS communities, um, Inman, NAR, all of these places I've had the chance to go speak. And I've even changed that into uh, some coaching opportunities where I coach two to four top producing agents each quarter. And so of almost anything you can do in this industry, I've done it. Uh, now also have a management company. So there's a lot going on, but it's a lot of fun. And so I'm, I'm excited to see where this call goes today. Well, let's go back there to the beginning for a minute. And you said that you got started, you kind of fell into it with your grandparents and kind of gave you a little push. How about that first year? Was it a fast start or a slow start? It was a fast, miserable, confusing, annoying, frustrating, challenging time for me. I got in the business in basically September of 2005. I'm walking up and down our offices. I'm seeing agents. It looks like to me, uh, they go out, someone gets in their car, they look at three homes, the home's priced at 350 they offer 348 they get a deal, and a month later it closes and everyone's happy. That was my assumption of what our business is like. I get into the business. No one knows me. I'm 22 years old. I still look like I'm 14. And I literally go from September of 2005 to February of 2006 without a transaction. I uh, maybe did a couple leases here and there, and maybe my grandparents let me kind of ride along with them on a couple deals. But I didn't personally have a transaction that, that I not only generated, facilitated, but closed on my own. And I remember it was February of 2006. It's funny. It's like everywhere I go and I share this story, everyone seems to share a similar story. I finally had multiple deals in contract. I think I had three deals in contract. And literally within the hour, at least it felt like, it probably wasn't. But within the hour, all three of these deals terminated for various reasons. Financing, buyer changed their mind, repairs that we couldn't agree upon, appraisal went bad, whatever it was. And, and I had a moment where I was like, I don't know if this is for me. If this is how this industry works, I don't know if it's for me. But I went home, journaled some of those thoughts, and somewhere, I don't know how this quote came across uh, my path, but it was a quote by Oliver Wendell Holmes. The quote basically says this, um, that most men and women go to their graves with their music still in them. And I've been a musician. I loved music. And that quote is about there is something inside of all of us that is needed in the world. And that it's not another book that's going to crack the code. And it's not a real estate coach that's going to crack the code. And it's not all of the umpteen thousands of dollars of opportunities that we can spend for better marketing that's going to crack the code. That I believe that whatever it is you are doing, you came preloaded with the software you need to be successful. And so at 22, 23 years old, that quote rattles my soul. And I said, you know what? I'm going to shift the way I do this business. I'm going to dress differently. I'm going to handle myself differently. I haven't done a transaction, but you know what? I'm going to close 50 homes this year. I'm going to change my branding. I'm going to change the way my voicemail is. What I did on this side of it, I can tell you, I shifted from being an amateur into turning pro. And we know the amateurs in our business. Everyone knows who's an amateur in their office. 
and everyone knows who shows up each day, grinds it out on their own. Gossip isn't interesting to them. The coffee pot isn't interesting to them. What are you doing this weekend? That conversation isn't interesting to them. They are professionals. And if you go down the list of the Jordan Speaks of the world, the Roger Federer's of the world, the Michael Phelps of the world, none of these people wonder what they're going to do every day. They don't wonder, well, Jordan Spieth, well, I may or may not hit some golf balls today. No, at 8 a.m., he's hitting putts. 9 a.m., he's in the sand trap. 11 a.m., he's hitting the four iron. 12, he has a lunch. 1 o'clock, he's hitting the weight. All of these people turn pro. And the biggest thing I've found in real estate agents, as Zig Ziglar says, we are wondering generalities and we are not meaningful specifics. And so for me, I said, what do I need to do to become a meaningful specific? What does my life need to look like? How do I need to structure things so that I can become successful in this industry? And, and I think where this conversation will go will lead us to some of those ahas. But I turned pro. And, and I think for those that are out there that are day one, month six, month 12 in our business, look at who the pros are in your marketplace. Find the top three agents and spy on them. Watch what they do. Watch how they handle themselves. Watch how they're typically the first ones to the office. Watch the small, hidden, unseen things that they do. And there you will find the secret to their success. It's not because they're being retweeted. It's not because they have a better billboard than the next guy. It's not all of the things that society and culture thinks and maybe convinces us that we need to do. Chances are it's hidden, unseen things where their success lies. And they plant those seeds every single day. And they know that eventually when the time comes for a harvest, that they will be there to have that experience. And so that's really the bedrock belief for me, for my coaching, for my businesses, is that what are the few things you must do every day? Because you think, we think that our business is a lot of things. It's actually about three things. And those three things you can actually probably do sitting in your office. Everything else is just a byproduct of that, showing houses, listing houses and whatever. Like it's about managing you, managing your time, managing your day. And those are the conversations that I'm super passionate about. Did you hit the 50 goal way back there in that first full year? I did. It was middle of uh, February and uh, I'd never sold a house. So it's kind of, it's, kind of strange to say, well, I'm going to sell 50 with 10 months to go. I ended up selling 55 that year. Wow. And I think that 48 of those were buyers. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a lot of driving around, but I learned in that season, I learned what it took to have this journey of a stranger that becomes a friend because uh, here, here's, this is the sentence that I'll share with your audience. And we could quit recording and, and this conversation would be complete, but we won't do that, but we could. It's this sentence right here. People would rather have a friend than a real estate agent. Hmm. People would rather have a friend than a real estate agent. This is why so often we see people, they don't link up with who is the expert in the marketplace. They don't link up with the top producing agent in the marketplace. Who do they link up with? Their friend. And why do they do that? Because with friendship, there's trust, and that's what people want in the marketplace. They want trust. They don't want to be sold. They don't want this salesy experience. They want 
trust. The modern marketplace is dying for that, for that connectivity, that connection, that relationship. And so I didn't have anyone. No one trusted me in the marketplace. I was 22. I had never sold anything before, but I started building websites and lead generating for buyers before that was ever really a thing. And I found this craft of learning someone's story who's in Anchorage, Alaska. They're moving to Wichita Falls to come work at Shepherd Air Force Base. And I learned, how do you navigate this? So you're not being salesy, you're not overwhelming them, but you're tastefully abusing them with relevant information that helps them make decisions that they need to be making. And slowly but surely, as I show up with tasteful, relevant information, eventually what happens is a friendship starts to happen. So they're like, oh, wait a minute, this guy's not just trying to make a sale. He's teaching me about the marketplace. He's talking to me about distances between this neighborhood and Shepherd Air Force Base. He's holding my hand with teaching me about the elementary schools that I may want my kids to go to. None of this is really talking much about the real estate transaction. Rather, I'm, I'm moving into their shoes and I'm going, if I'm in Anchorage, Alaska, what are the questions that I'm having? And so I'm arriving with answers and arriving with content before they even know what to ask. And so it wasn't emails weren't going out that said, hey, I'm available this weekend from one to five. Let me know if you want to see houses. I'm sending emails and making phone calls that just say, hey, Terry, just to regroup with you, my notes say that you're supposed to be moving here from Anchorage in 14 days. Just wanted to make sure you've got everything you need for that. If you guys are coming here and you need hotel arrangements, let me know. If you're coming here and you need this or that, let me know. If you need storage capabilities, let me know. And what happens is they're moving to a community of 100,000 people where they don't know anyone, but then they have this guy that's a friend that just so happens to be a real estate agent, and the transaction tends to go a lot more smoother than if you approach this in a different way. And so I'm always coaching people on how are you weaving your story in and out of other people's stories so that when the time comes for them to participate in the marketplace, it's you they think of. And what is the relevant information? Not spam, not spamming them with, oh, I got another open house. I sold another house. I'm the best agent in Wichita Falls or Waco, Texas, whatever that may be. That doesn't work today. We call that spam and that's immediately deleted. What happens when you show up asking specific questions that are related specifically to that customer? And I think you'll find what happens is, is you are, you are customizing the experience for the customer. We forget that, that the base root word, the etymology of customer is custom. And when you show up in that custom way, speaking their language, a beautiful thing happens. And that's why I say people would rather have a friend than a real estate agent. So are you doing the thing that allows that person to think of you more than a friend than an agent? And if you've done that, then you've built trust. If you do that for a year, you're going to love that year. If you do that for two years, you're going to start loving your five-year run. If you do that for five years, you're going to start really loving the decade in this industry. And if you do this for 10 years, you've just made yourself a career out of building sustainable relationships with people. And there's millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars getting real estate agents to think that it's something else 
And yet 70 to 80% of every transaction that happens happens because those people selected an agent that they trusted and that they considered were a friend. So we don't need to recreate the wheel. We don't need to reinvent our industry. We just need to show up in people's lives in a tasteful way and answer questions that they have before they even know to ask those questions. And if you can do that on a daily and weekly basis, I'm telling you, you are building a platform to a sustainable, predictable, and profitable career. And no one talks about those three. Nobody talks about sustainability. Nobody talks about predictability. And nobody talks about profitability. And yet those are the three biggest stressors in lives of agents today. Their business isn't sustainable. They're all on the edge of burnout. There isn't, their business isn't predictable. They're all going, I don't know where my next deal is. I don't know where the next listing is. I got to go find something next. And they're not even necessarily that profitable. And so I've just found that if those are the three biggest stressors, then the way to remedy that is to start getting your life in alignment with people in your marketplace so that you are the trusted expert and the time comes for them to participate in real estate, or you're also the one that they mention when it's brought up in a conversation. And this is how you bust through obscurity. This is how you become shareable. This is, this is how the phone starts to ring on your behalf rather than you just trying to make something happen on the phone every day. But you have to show up in hidden unseen ways, tasteful ways, writing notes, dropping people simple, specific emails, connecting with people on a monthly basis. If you do that, you'll find that this is how your business starts to become those three things, sustainable, predictable, and profitable. That's some heavy-duty insight. I want to step back for a second and show that you practice what you preach. You know what you're talking about here. First of all, how long have you been in the business now? So I guess 2005, I've been in 13 years. 13 years. And how many homes did you sell last year? And what was the sales volume? Well, you know, and and sometimes these numbers, I I can tell you from a team aspect, uh, we did about 320 transactions, 60 million in volume. We're a high volume, low margin office. So we got to do a lot of deals. Average sales price in my market is 130,000. I'm probably handling 75 to 100 of those transactions myself. So yeah, we listen, we do a lot of deals. We tell people, I mean, I think in the last 12 months, I've sold a piece of land for $1,200. You heard that correctly. I sold (laughs) a piece of land for $1,200 and I've closed industrial, you know, warehouse spaces that were 6 million. So I wish that I was an invasive cardiologist, but I really am just a general practitioner and we do whatever comes our way. So there's no like, well, I just specifically work this niche. No, for, for my market, if it has dirt in, on, or around it, I'm interested and uh, we can hopefully find a way to get a closed transaction out of that. You know, I personally, I mean, I, I hit my boiling point back in 2012. I was doing over 100 transactions a year by myself without an assistant. I can tell you that's not sustainable. I used to encourage people to do that. I've grown up a little bit and said that is not sustainable. Um, nobody themselves should be quarterbacking 100 transactions a year, at least in a market that's like mine. But all that to say, yeah, I'm in the game. This is my bread and butter. 
while I do a lot of other things, the way I truly make my living is helping people buy and sell real estate. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. Just so we can get a big picture of what you're doing there, what is the number one source of leads for you? Are you getting most of your leads at this point by repeating referrals from past clients and sphere of influence? Or is there another source that's generating the majority of your leads and business? Well, I think this is an important conversation because every year when I look back at the deals that happened, 70 to 80% of the time people call me, it's because we've either done business before or someone that I've done business before with them has referred them to me. And it's been like that for 13 years. Now, there were some years where I was building my business and I was working with more buyers than I was sellers. But the marketplace has to get used to you. And I think that's an important lesson for people that are in years one to five in our business is that if you've been, let's say you've just been a mom for the last 22 years, which is super important. I don't just want people to hear you were just a mom. That's a massive job. Okay. But if everyone is used to you driving the suburban around town and dropping kids off at soccer and, and ballet and whatever, and then you reemerge as a real estate agent, it takes a while for them to go, oh, well, Becky's now a real estate agent. And so on the listing side, the marketplace, it takes time for people to kind of give you a little, a new place in their brain, right? People say that 80% of people can only name one real estate agent. That means if you go to a grocery store, and you tap someone on the shoulder and you say, hey, can you name a real estate agent for me? And 80% of the people will go, uh, yeah, Bob. Tell me about Bob. Uh, well, I go to church with Bob. Okay, interesting. Uh, if you were going to sell your house, who would you call? Uh, oh, I'd call Bob. And the reason is, is because Bob's their friend. They have trust with him. And their brain can't fit another realtor in there. There's way too many other things that's important to them than to fit a second realtor in that available hard drive space in their brain. 15% of the marketplace can name two of us. 5% of the marketplace can name three of us. And I'm convinced in that survey that that 5% of the marketplace that can name three of us are actually real estate agents. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make here is when you ask about where is your business coming from, if you're really, really good in marketing, you're going to start to push 20 plus percent of your business comes from people that are strangers. If you've cracked a code on online lead generation, direct mail, pay-per-click campaigns, things like that. But don't forget that the lion's share of your business comes from trust. And if that is true, then should I be spending $50,000 a year on pay-per-click and these types of uh, lead generation systems? Or what if I invested $20,000 in the people that already knew me and I found out ways to love on them, to do life with them, to share relevant information with them, to constantly invest in the relationship with them? What if we did that? And I think 
it would be this huge exhale. And all of a sudden people would go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how shareable my business was. That if I'm tastefully showing up with people with relevant information today and being not only the friend, but also weaving my expertise into the relationship with them, then what would happen? I would find my business to be sustainable, predictable, and profitable, the things that we want. So for us, 70 to 80% of our business comes from people that know us. Do we have a television show? Yes, we do. Has it been a very successful thing for us? Yes, it has been. Am I running uh, online IDX systems and spending $40,000 a year on that? Yes, I am. Am I doing direct mail? Yes, I am. But I'm here to tell you, you could take every website I have, every bit of social media that I have, all of my direct mail campaign, kill the TV show. And if you gave me a rotary phone with a stack of note cards and some forever stamps, and you said, this is, these are the only tools that you can have to build your business or maintain your business, I would be just fine. Because trust doesn't just randomly happen. You have to show up in people's lives. This is hidden work. This isn't seen work. No one's going to retweet this. No one's going to know about it other than the human that you are connecting with. And they call the digital age the age of connection. And the truth is we are disconnected more than ever as human beings because we're all wandering generalities trying to balance everything. And we aren't meaningful specifics. And I've found that if my business is going to be predictable, sustainable, and profitable today, then I better show up as the friend that eventually gets to be the realtor. And, and it's so hard to teach because I truly believe it's that easy. And the problem that, that people that I coach and places I go speak, people, they buy into this, but they don't make a lifestyle out of it. They may do it for a week. They may reconnect with people for a month. But this is something that becomes how you are in the world. This, this becomes every day before 11 a.m. You have no other appointments. You can't go to closings. You don't go to listings. This is the thing that you must do. As Jay Papazan and Gary Keller say, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And for our business, which is lead generation focused, the one thing that I've found that I can do that makes everything else easier or unnecessary is showing up in people's lives and connecting. Sometimes we talk real estate. More oftentimes we don't. But I found that you got to be the friend that eventually gets to be the realtor. And I get really messed up when I just try to be the realtor that eh, maybe I'll be the friend. The marketplace can smell that today. We know how to smell someone that's only sniffing a sale. And uh, again, I can't overemphasize this is unseen. This is hidden. People don't talk about this. You're not going to be retweeted. All of these adrenaline hits that we get in this digital age. But when you show up and you just learn what does it mean to be human and you find out that, oh my gosh, this is also the thing that sustains and builds my business, you've just cracked the code on our industry. And I'll argue that with anyone in the marketplace. I know there's people that'll say, no, you got to do this now. You got to do that now. No, you don't. Because eight out of 10 times when my phone rings, it rings out of trust. And so what are the seeds I'm sowing every single day that help me build trust in people's lives? Tastefully, 
and with relevance. I can't overemphasize those two words either. You, you've got to be tasteful in this, and you've got to show up speaking their language. Don't, don't send an email out to people and say the market's great when you've got people on your, on your mailing list that have million-dollar homes and one house a year in your marketplace sells above a million dollars, don't tell that to those people. That isn't a true statement. Oh, the market's amazing. There's so many markets within the market. So when you show up and you're talking to some people, and maybe they are in the half a million and up price range, are you being honest? Like, hey, this is a market where if you're thinking about selling in the next three years, you may want to be on the market today. (laughs) Don't wait three years to list that house. You may want to be on the market today because guess what? The average day on market for homes that are above a million dollars in our marketplace is 450 days. That may sound like bad news. I know it's not great news, but what kind of news is it? It's relevant. It's news that's speaking the language of that customer who may own a house that is that big, and they need to be knowing those things. And, you know, I always tell people this too. If you're going to send an email out to people, why don't you just start grouping your emails by neighborhoods? That way you're speaking the language of that neighborhood. How much more likely am I to read an email that says, latest update in uh, Pogue Park Estate, and that has all the last 15 transactions that have happened within the last 12 months, if that's where I live. If I'm just showing up and saying, Wichita Falls real estate market report, I may not read that, but I may read it if it's talking the language that's going on in my house, because people don't care about the state stats, county stats, city stats, zip code stats. What do they care about? They care about what's happening in their backyard. And so show up with relevance and speak that language that's going on for their story and where their house is. I like how you're going to the one-on-one relationship, but I would like to step back and look at the system that you're using to implement this. You're doing it on a large scale can't believe you're just talking to one person a month or something. I, I know you're talking to a lot of people. How are you doing this? How are you staying in front of these people who know you? Uh, you know, What's your plan over, say, uh, a year to stay in front of them to make these relationships move along? Do you have an annual marketing plan? So um, better than that, I have a daily intentional plan. So there are just things that we have systems of. You know, new listings, they get direct mailed. There's all these things that my back-end office does that's probably a whole other conversation. I created something called 60 Points of Rhythm about five or six years ago. Uh, this is something, if you go to my website and you click on store, you can see where you can download these. Basically, I've learned that I want to make 60 points of contact almost every day. That can happen with a text message, a handwritten note, an email, a phone call. I get 10 points if I go to lunch with somebody. I get 10 points if I write a contract with somebody. I get 10 points if I list a house. Uh, I get 10 points if I go on a listing appointment. All in all, I know that a lot of people go, oh my gosh, 60 points, that's so much. Here's the deal. Don't worry about the number. Chances are, If you just woke up today and you go, you know what, I'm going to connect with five people today intentionally, share relevant information with them and just reach out and rekindle that relationship. If you did that five times a week, that'd be 25 times a week. If you did that every month, that'd be 100 people a month. If you did that 
every month over the year, that'd be 1,200 people a year. Here's my question. If you personally connected with 1,200 people over the next 12 months, do you think that your business would benefit from that? And the answer is, without a doubt. We know it would. The problem is it's on us to do that. It takes some vulnerability. It takes some showing up. It takes, it takes moving from being an amateur to being a pro. I have to time block that time. And this has become second nature to me. So when I show up into the office, I'm writing five handwritten notes a day. And I used to have a checklist that said, write five handwritten notes a day. But now it's just what I do because I've found that it's, it's not only this legacy that I want to leave behind. I want to be someone that encouraged, that enlightened people. But I've also found out it's the lifeblood of my business. And people go, well, do you put your business card in there? Most of the time, I don't. Most of the time, I don't. Why is that? Because they want a friend more than they want a realtor. And if I'm leading my life as a professional, something tells me these people are going to know that's what I do. You don't walk into a cocktail party screaming, real estate, real estate, who wants to buy a house? Now, some do. We know those people, right? They got the badge on, the realtor hat, handing out business cards. That, that doesn't work anymore. That was 1985 when everyone needed to announce things like that. Now, people, they, they know it by just being near you. And so my, my plan, my marketing plan every day is I want to connect with 50 to 60 people. I want to send people overviews of their home. Hey, guess what? It's been a year since you bought a house. Uh, here's what property values have done in your neighborhood. If you have anyone that's looking to be your neighbor, please let me know. Just these little itty bitty things that over time build a big, big business. And so I don't have a written 12-month marketing plan. What I have is a lifestyle of intentionality that I want to enlighten, encourage, and illuminate the path of the people that I've been entrusted, the strangers and the friends. And those that are strangers, I hope that one day we may become friends. Because here's the secret. There's going to come a day where we're not in this industry anymore, and we're not going to take our open house sign riders with us. And we're probably going to kill the domain name that we used to have and not renew it every year on GoDaddy. So what do I want to look back over my career at and not have regrets? What do I want to take with me within my career when I am out of this industry? And it's always relationship. And so that's this, that's like the two in one gift that almost makes it too good to be true. You mean to tell me I can invest my life in the relationships of people and have that be something that I also take with me in life after the business? Yes. You mean to tell me that investing in relationships and people is the thing that's going to make my business sustainable, predictable, and profitable? Yes. Well, you've just cracked the code on fulfillment and satisfaction and peace and rest and contentment rather than chasing every deal. I mean, let's talk this for a second. Would you rather have a business that attracts customers or would you rather have a business that chases customers and i'm sure that right now we literally just had people on this call like exhale and like oh my gosh yeah i'm tired of chasing well in order to, to create a business that attract you have to show up you have to show up as this presence in people's lives and every time i have these calls and every time I'm on a coaching call with people each week, 
I go, it sounds so simple, guys, and that's what makes this so hard to teach. But every stinking year, NAR comes out and goes, well, 80% of people only talk to one agent. And they've been saying that for 30 years. And so if that's the case, and if that data is not changing, like I'm, I'm, more, I'm more interested in truth than trends. Trends are sexy, and we need to know them. And, of course, you need to participate in the digital space today, and that's great. You think about everything that has changed in our industry in the last 10 years, digital signatures, all of it. It's all changed. But what hasn't changed? 80% of people talk to one agent. <laughs> and if that's true, then that ought to relieve us a bit. That ought to allow us to exhale a bit and go, okay, if that's true and that hasn't changed, then what are the small, hidden, unseen things I need to be doing each day to make sure that I'm aligning myself with that truth rather than spreading myself so thin in the trends that I don't know which way is up or down? Invest in the trends, be there, learn them, go to the best of the best and find out what you need to be doing in that space, but don't turn your back on what truly has made us successful. Like I know so many agents that they build this business and they hit, they get 50 transactions a year, 70 transactions a year. And then the next thing you know, they go spend 30% of their revenue on more marketing. And all it does is get them to 80 or 90 transactions a year when they could have just stayed at 70 transactions a year, invested in the people they love and sustainably moved to 80, 90, 100 transactions a year without having to go chase all of those trends. And so I'm, Granted, I, I realize I'm a redneck from Texas and that this, this all may sound too good to be true, but I really think that my niche in our industry today is to bring some peace and rest and content and relief to the agent that's out there in the marketplace that's just a, a wandering generality and not a meaningful specific. Because everything, I got burned out in 2012. I became a wandering generality. I realigned my life. One of the things that I've spoken about all the time is that we have to make our lives more and more about less and less. And when you start making your life more and more about less and less, guess what becomes abundant? Peace, rest, contentment, profitability, all of these things that we forget to ask about. Fulfillment, satisfaction. Who Does anyone talk about this? No. We all talk about the next trend. We all talk about the latest article that was on Inman, we just talked about what this is going to mean, what that's going to mean for us. The truth is there's a way to go about our industry and our business and cultivating a career where you, as Jeff Bezos says, you actually start pursuing this by something that's called regret minimization. And so what's, what does December 31st need to look like for you? to have fewer regrets than you have today? What needs to be done so that those regrets are minimized? And I would almost guarantee you for that all of us on the call, it's probably something along the lines of getting a pen and paper out and sending notes to people to tell them I'm grateful for their presence in my lives, hitting the phones and calling those last 200 people that have bought houses from you so that they know you haven't forgotten about them. And we tastefully weaving your story in and out of other people's stories so that when the time comes for them to think about someone in the marketplace, it's you that they think about. I would bet you 
that if those things happen between now and December 31st, you would have your regrets minimized and you may actually have something that you're satisfied with and fulfilled with. Uh, and that's the great work. I mean, that's that of my generation, that will be our great work because we always are about more and more and more. If you're not growing, you're dying. And I understand that. But I also realize that if you're not pursuing things that are sustainable and if you're not content at some point, then you're just chasing a number that will always have more zeros and uh, sometimes more money, more problems, you know. Ashton, for a sustainable business, you generated a lot of closings last year. How big is this database of people that you know that it resulted in the 320 closings? I'm asking that question so people can get a perspective of, say, how many people that I need to have in my database that I'm talking to that'll result in X number of closings per year? Yeah, well, and again, you know, you got to remember that I, I have some team members here that have also cultivated their own book of business. So that's that's in that 320 transactions. Last time I checked, our database has about 7,800 people in it. But I also have a list that's called my top 100. And these are the top 100 people in my marketplace that are connectors, okay? These are business owners, pastors, people within city council, marketing people, bankers, people that are connected to people that often do these transactions. So do you need a CRM? Sure you do. Absolutely you do. Should it be working for you on your behalf while you sleep? Yes, it should. But you also should have 100 people in your marketplace that you connect with on a monthly basis, tastefully and with relevance and that they are your billboards. When I go back, look at my business, I'm putting a property on the market today for a guy for lease, okay? Little to no revenue is going to happen from this. However, I've sold this guy four houses, and he's probably connected me to over 20 people in my career. So he's, he's a top 100 for me. And, and so I think that this is, a lot of people think, well, it's either or. Well, I either, I either do this, or I just have a CRM that has automated emails that go out and drip campaigns and so forth. I think it's both. I think you have to have both. And you just need to make sure that both of them are operating with relevance and they're not just spamming emails out that are the five things you need to know about black mold. I mean, I've bought website you know, stuff before that's like the 17 things you should know about a house inspection. Nobody is reading that. Nobody's reading that. It is spammed immediately. And so I can't, I can't overemphasize enough the both and conversation, that, that you need to have a CRM that is keeping in touch with people. I think it needs to mostly communicate with people about relevant information within their neighborhood. So it's going to take some work for you to go in um, and go, hey, I know these people live in that area. And if, if 100 people is too much for you, then start with 10. Who are the 10 connectors in the marketplace that you know? I don't want people to hear numbers today and get frustrated and be like, well, I don't have that sphere of influence. I don't have those many people. Start small. Uh, I think maybe it's Emerson or Ralph Waldo Emerson or someone, someone much more wise than me says things happen gradually then suddenly, gradually we show up 
tastefully in people's lives with relevant information, suddenly our phone is ringing. And let me tell you, some of my darkest days in that first year of business was wondering, is this even worth it? I don't even know if this stuff is connecting with people. But I can tell you that those hidden unseen seeds that you sow, the law of the harvest, just something weird happens. I don't know how it works, but I know that that they do mean things for the people that receive them. Uh, And especially when you show up from a place of contribution. It's a beautiful thing that can happen. And um, I, I cannot overemphasize this enough. The top 100, what percentage of your business does that result in? It sounds like it's a very focused group. It is a very focused group. I mean, I I don't know the percentage uh, off the back of my hand, but I would bet you that if I really, really, really was able to dig into the data, it would probably be 50%. If I could truly connect and see, oh my gosh, that person, I sold a house to them in 2007, and these are all the people they've connected me to over the years. And that, this is why people don't realize every closed transaction should actually lead you to seven more transactions within your career. That's what the data says. And so that one closing, it just, it may be a $50,000 rent house, not a big deal, Okay. But don't roll your eyes in doing that transaction, because if you do it well, chances are that individual not only is going to come back to you for business again, but they will share you. They will share that experience, and an amazing thing can happen. And so that's why every time I sell a small house, I leave the title company with a smile on my face going, you know what, sometime in the next one to 15 years, that's going to be seven more transactions somehow. And and we have we have to stay in that posture. Real estate agents are notoriously known for just chasing that sale and worrying about I'm oh I'm one listing away from from being back on path. Oh, if I just had one more buyer closing, then I my car payment, my house payment, then my quarterly tax payment would be okay. That is a miserable way to go about your business. I'm more interested in how are you building a business that happens a lot where you don't just make the phone ring where the phone rings on its behalf. And these are the things that we do to do that. Well, Ashton, I know we're running short on time, so I'm going to start wrapping this up. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? I would just say that no matter where you are, whether you're day one in our business or whether you've been in the business 30 years, success isn't this big wide thing. It's this very narrow, small path. You don't have to have a high IQ. You don't have to have good looks. You don't have to come from money. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have letters before your name. You don't have to have letters after your name. You just have to know very few things and have your day totally governed by those very few things. And and the people that I've studied that are successful, the people that I look up to, the people that have mentored me, I've learned that success is not wide, it's narrow. And if there's people doing what you want to do in your marketplace, start watching them, follow them. Um, If anything that you've heard today, you're like, man, I think I want to hear more about that. You can go to my website. I host a podcast. Uh, My podcast has nothing to do with real estate. It's all about life, relationships and careers, creativity, 
sustainability uh, kind of the, the tone that I've had of this whole call today. Those are the conversations we're having at my podcast called Good, True, and Beautiful. I also do coach two to four agents every quarter. We renew those every quarterly basis. Uh, that's been a great thing that I've really enjoyed. But I, I'm, this is what I want my life to be about is encouraging and illuminating and helping people be enlightened along their path so that they can look back and say, I'm glad I did in lieu of saying I wish I had. And that's what gets me fired up. And it just so happens to be that I happen to be a real estate agent. If all people know about me in my life is that I'm a real estate agent, well, that's, that's, on, that's unfortunate. Uh, I'd rather people go, yeah, he happened to be a real estate agent, but this is who he was in my life. And I want to share that gift with everyone that I can. And I want to get people to that same place in their lives because I've been in business when it's not sustainable and it's not predictable and it's not profitable. And those were some of the darkest days in my life. And if that's, if you've been in that space and you'd like some help uh, and a little bit of assistance, I'd love to be there for you. And if you ever have anyone moving to Wichita Falls or Waco, Texas, uh, my team and I would love to get the red carpet out and help your people. Well, Ashton, you've shared a lot of insight into the mental side of winning the real estate game. You boiled it down to the essence. Stop trying so hard to be the agent who gets in front of people and instead be the friend who happens to also be an agent everyone wants to work with. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who sold 1,065 homes last year with 8 million in GCI. Find out who he is on the next success call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at freeleadtime.com. That's freeleadtime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.